0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking about money, 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 investing in more. I hope you sleep well. I hope you live well. And in the end, I hope you die with some money in the bank that you can pass on to some children, but you don't have to. You can bounce last check to the coffin maker if you want to. I'm okay with either. One of the things that I want to do my best on is when drones are in the news, I want to talk about drones. When millennials are in the news, I want to talk about millennials. I want to tie whatever's current to investing, whatever's current to getting you to retirement, whatever's current to getting you involved with investing. I love that part of my job. Um, I love sharing with you good ideas. I love sharing with you some sad ideas. January is typically a month in which it might be good to hide from your spouse because it is called divorce month. It's typically the month when divorce filings begin to spike. 2018, very popular year for divorce because of impending changes to the tax code. I know you're saying you're making that up. <laughs> I wish I would do dead. So in December, dun, 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 it's romantic. It's love. Let's get engaged. Let's show your parents the big old sparkly di- oh, cubic zirconium because we're millennials. December is all about engagement. January, February, and the peak of March are all about divorce. It's gloomy weather outside. You've just spent a ton of dough on your, your brats, your, I mean your lovingly children. The post-holiday jolt is now time to get back to work and time to move on with my life and make some new resolutions. What I find is that most people in December want to get through the holidays, just get through the holidays, without the ugly cloud of divorce to upset the children. Man, Dad, when you stop fighting Santa Claus is coming! Right? For couples with kids, it could be important to hold things together. Anarchy! I don't even know! Do it for what the kids. Say, do it until they get out of college and then get a divorce. Once the holiday glow has waned and spouses settle back into old habits, many people flock to the divorce attorney's office. I say don't do the divorce attorney, do a divorce mediation. You once loved the other person? Split amicably, especially if there's kids. So you got to digest the practical sides of a split. Finances are part of the practical sides of it. And the less you spend on attorneys, the more you have for each other. One of the first questions, and again, there's no winning in divorce. Both sides lose. So obviously the numbers are going to look different for every type of couple from every type of state. I know someone who went through a divorce that cost over $100,000 because his wife had a lip on her. When you get in front of a judge, do not have a lip on y'all. In front of a judge, it's yes or no, sir. They don't want you giving them flack. They don't want to hear that your husband was a bad husband, that you know, he never made the bed. They don't want to hear it. They want to hear when do you want the divorce? I'll sign the paperwork. Thank you. Next. But the new tax plan passed by Congress, alimony payments are no longer tax deductible. Oh no. Oh, no. Oh, no. That particular change takes effect January 2019. So you've got one year, ladies and gentlemen. And smart people will figure it out. Instead of doing alimony, there'll be like a one-time payment. Um, so how can you tell if you and your partner are on the precipice of a permanent split? I don't know. If your spouse won't list you is probably the number one reason you should go to an attorney or a mediator or uh, a counselor. Counselor. You've become a pursuer. They've become a distancer. So anyway, divorce is expensive. And I just throw that out there for you. Oh, the TV ad model. This is something I've been thinking about a lot recently because I'm now – any TV I watch is binge TV or sports. There's nothing in between. I don't go, oh, look, it's Friday and the – The Honeymooners are on. Let's go watch that show. And the Honeymooners brought to you by Cocoa Puffs. Puff, puff, Cocoa Puffs, chocolatey, tasty Cocoa Puffs. Munchy, crunchy, chocolatey Cocoa Puffs. Ralph, I'll send you to the moon. Um, So I'm like every other consumer out there now. I'm consuming content. I'm paying for it. I'm comfortable with that. Whether it's cable with HBO or it's Netflix or Spotify the ad business doesn't work for me. I don't have time for the 30-second the Cocoa Puff commercial. I love my Cocoa Puffs. Who doesn't like chocolatey cereal that turns into ch- milk into chocolate milk magically? So the ad model is changing. Whether, you're, whether you see it or not, a whole generation of consumers will forever have very little tolerance for interrupting ads. And that's what I feel they do. I love watching HBO shows because you know it's going to be 22, 28, 56, 58 minutes of content. And you can pause if you need to go pee-pee. You don't have to do a pee-pee break during the commercial break. So if you're a marketer and someone comes to your firm and says, Rob Black has a new product called Rob Black and Your Money. It's a podcast. He wants to spread the word and and put it all out there. And the marketer and advertiser. Okay, let's do it. Let's buy 30-second spots, and let's buy an ad in the Wall Street Journal, and let's let's no, get a radio station. No, Spotify is killing the radio station. So, now, forever is too long, and you can't say ads are gone forever, but they're being delivered differently. And cable TV once promised no commercials, and Netflix kind of is delivering on that promise uh, 40 years later. Spotify's success could partially be attributed to no commercials. The ad-supported model is under attack. It may not be an existential crisis, but it will look different every five years. You know, the ad space is clearly moving to Facebook and Google and Amazon. Amazon's shaking up how people find brands. You know, I think this is a big advertising model that people aren't talking about. Amazon's shaking it up, rather than ads being pushed to you in video. Um, If you look at the market caps of tech companies versus media companies, a lot of the moves you're seeing in media, like Disney and Fox, are a reaction to it. Um, So, Amazon's doing other e-commerce services. Disney has seen cable TV get hit with ESPN. So, Disney's saying, you know, we'll do our own little ad-free content that people can get. If you don't want to watch ESPN and commercials on cable, we'll give you ESPN without the commercials. But you got to go through our app. I never underestimate the power of inertia in this country. You never should either. When I talk about millennials, it's for a reason. When I talk about Generation Z, it's for a reason. They can't stand commercials. And as 4G and LTE speeds got better and better, and now we're just starting to talk about 5G, we can deliver 4K TV in a seamless fashion and... You may not be able to dump Comcast today. You may not be able to dump commercial TV Monday through Friday where you watch the news and go to commercials, but you will because TV stations will say there's another model to be made, not just the commercial advertising, second commercial. We can stream this baby. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show year and year and year again and again. I I take a lot of pride out of some of the odd little things that come through from you. I got a nice email yesterday from someone who's been listening for a long time, and uh, he slowly created some wealth, and he has stayed involved in the market. He originally was asking me, I'm not going to say annoying questions, but questions along the lines of, you know, how can I make faster money? How can I make faster money? I'm like, don't do that, dude. It's not what I do. Sorry, don't do that. Um... So that's out there. I'm always happy to see success stories. I know it sounds funny, but it's true. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. We can talk about strategy. Um, we can talk about the future. Millennials have taken down dozens and dozens of industries. We've talked about this. Who's going to take down Facebook? It's expected that not the millennials, but Generation Z. Now, that doesn't mean that happens. In November, a Piper Jaffray survey found 47% of teenagers consider Snapchat their favorite social media platform, up from 35% the year before. Snapchat's not doing anything. It's wallowing. Instagram was was a preferred platform for 24% of teens. The same number one year before. So teens are the millennial, uh, are the Generation Z. They're born between 1995 and the mid 2000s. So this is a round of bad news for Facebook. Again, is it instantaneous? New no. when you have two billion eyeballs, anything can happen. Facebook remains the most popular social media platform in the United States. Outside of those who have already left, teens and tweens remaining on Facebook seem to be less engaged, logging in less frequently and spending less time on the platform. This kind of survey makes me want to look at SNAP, so it does, it does, Does. does, Um. does. It's kind of funny, remember the 2017 tax cuts, I'm not going to say they got rushed into the market, but I think one of the areas that we saw come out of it was pretty interesting, we saw Californians got punished, New Yorkers got punished, Connecticut got punished, all who tend to vote Democrat. A Republican Congress puts together a tax plan that seems to punish three of the biggest states as far as voter impact goes. But we look at the corporate tax cut, and I, I see different things. Like, for instance, I see um, the uber-wealthy versus the wealthy, the wealthy versus the inequality of low-income, mid-income, but also I see people who have 401Ks. They got a big plus out of that, out of that tax cut. And people who don't have 401Ks, they're even further behind. I, I don't know if you're following me on this one. So um, I saw from my own very eyes that that tax cut has a lot of ramifications as far as classes of people in our society goes, not just from a state level, um, but on an individual level, as far as you know your income brackets. But it also showed me you know kind of a people who have 401ks in their company and people who don't. Starbucks underperformed the market in 2017, so automatically it's one of the stocks that I'm going to think about in 2018. It's a big brand, check. They make billions of dollars, check. They had a disappointing year, maybe some value, yes. They'll Have the benefits of the lower corporate taxes for restaurants. That as you pay less income tax, you're like, Hey, I got a little extra money, let's go to dinner. Or, Hey, I'm a corporation, I'm paying less taxes. Um, so it's one of the stocks that I'm looking at. I'll be quite honest for it with you. It's the cold cup of co- cold, I like a cold cup of coffee in the summer. How do they sell that on us? Uh, you know, I grew up I in a forgot, world where it's cold outside, grab your yeah, coffee, yeah, We're yeah. snow plowing. Benefits of the lower corporate taxes have been well reported. Expect about half those savings uh, or less to follow to the bottom line. So, you know that probably means Starbucks, as they have a lower tax credit tax line, will probably reinvest some of it in their own stores. They'll probably invest some of it in their own stock. All things that I like. All things that I like. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. To get your calls on the air. It's 800 516 12. 20 future calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I'm very leery of any commercial on radio, television, or the internet that promises you could be a millionaire how to do it without a 401k. Most millionaires I've met have done it with 401ks. It's a powerful tool for savings. It happens over time. You cut, or 457 or 403b. Whichever you work for, if you work for a nonprofit, if you work for a government, so a 401k can be an extremely powerful tool. Forty-two percent of workers don't have access to a 401k or 403b or 457. So then you're starting to invest in IRAs or Roth IRAs, and there's a heck of a lot less uh, ability to fund those, much smaller numbers, and that's frustrating very very frustrating so be cautious on commercials that promise you a little bit too much 800-516-1220 each calls on the air anything you want to talk about we can talk about netflix pretty interesting this uh as a business model and every time they report their quarterly numbers now we're paying attention to not domestic We're paying attention to what Netflix has to say about international markets and the broadband of international markets and how many people are using their service that have international broadband. So during the earnings season, happens four quarters per year, that's the metric that I think everyone's looking at. We're looking at subscriber growth, but international subscriber growth, it's a strong indication of long-term growth. It shows the company's on pace. It shows that they get that recurring business model. Subscriptions make a lot of people poor. Do you remember having a, like a subscription where it automatically re-enrolls you and you're like, oh, I would have canceled that if I had to send a check-in or sign up with a credit card again? Subscriptions are good. Netflix is viewed as a long-term winner, except for their competition's coming in. Who? Disney. I'm not Black, talking money, investing, and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or biz. and don't forget the weeknight replay at 7 I like Wall Street Journal um, I like the New York Times um, I think that's the best place to start If you want to do things like LA Times, just be very, very careful. I see a lot of situations where there's people that look like experts that maybe they're not experts. Maybe they're consumer advocates, and maybe they're not even consumer advocates. Maybe they're journalists who become consumer advocates, who become investment advisors. I want you to use credit cards and make them work for you instead of the other way around. There's an overwhelming debt problem in the United States and it's something you should avoid we use loans for cars or appliances or groceries you want to use loans for things like houses and cars not for things like groceries and movies and you don't want your credit card to become you know a lender per se you want to pay it off every month debt is bad. No, debt's not bad. The wrong type of debt is bad. Student debt and home debt, I, I find to be attractive. So, But common knowledge for most of us, as long as we can remember, debt is bad, and that's unfortunate. Especially if you graduated recently from college and you graduated into a bad job market in 2007, 8, 9, 10. And slowly but surely, the economy got better. But when you don't have a job... You are in trouble if you are carrying debt. You need to watch that one very, very closely, in my opinion. And again, uh, I'm not the end-all be-all, and I know that. I'm not trying to be in any way, shape, or form. So anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more the no debt blanket is a bad one and if you hear someone talk about that they don't know what they're doing with finances um, i think it's important to have a good credit score i think there's good apps out there like credit karma i think you should do be proactive about your credit and check out annualcreditreport.com it's annualcreditreport.com let's say you buy a car for $20,000 i think you should check you know I once had a car dealer. This pissed me off. They're like, do you want to use our financing? We can get you 1.9%. I'm like, you know, I haven't had a revolving line of credit in a while, so sure, let's, let's do that. And I was going to probably pay it off over 12 months, pay an extra 1.9%. I wasn't too offended by that. I was doing it to kind of like stay physically active in my credit. And this he ran my credit through like five banks. And he's like, oh, I can't get the 1.9%. So, how many credit inquiries did I have? Five. So, every time you do a hard inquiry, anytime you go into a store and they, you know, check your credit, that hurt, that that dings you because it's showing the world of creditors that you are looking to borrow money. And that can be a bit of a problem because the more you do it, the more the creditors are like, why is it getting turned down five times? Um, So I think that's something that's out there. Something that's out there for sure. So anyway, let's get back to talking about stock, talking about investments, talking about ideas. Um, Let's see, what do I want to throw out? I always always like the stories where billionaires drive cheap cars. I don't really want to see a billionaire in a Bugatti. Jeff Bezos is, you know, an incredible frugal spender. Um, he first, you know, he upgraded his Chevy Blazer to a Honda Accord when he got rich. Frugality is one of those characteristics, traits that come from good leadership principles, in my opinion. I don't get extravagance not in when we live in the world we live in you know uh, a 1987 chevy blazer uh that's pretty much a dream car for a lot of people and it works um you know what i want is a, i want to drive like a forklift there's vehicles that i want to drive i don't want to drive a bugatti i have no interest in bugatti if i could drive a forklift up now 101 i'd be a pretty happy dude i know you're saying what's wrong with you Oh, one of the stories that uh, I have to throw out and talk about, because when I was growing up, GE was a prized investment. I think my dad even owned some GE. I never really got to watch what my dad owned, because money was kept kept private back then. But a lot of people question GE's ability to stay relevant. There's a coming cash squeeze from GE and growing debt pressures. It might be in GE's best interest to raise equity capital sooner while that stock is elevated. So, there's some analysts saying they should raise money. They should go to the debt markets and um, issue shares. And if you are a shareholder, that's going to dilute you. GE has gotten into bad times. I throw that out there again because there was a point in time where GE could do no wrong like no wrong. Bitcoin has been in the news a lot in 2018. 2016 not so much. 2017 Why did it have a big rise? Cryptocurrency enthusiasts um, are out there. They're out there. There's a crypto coin rapper. I can't play his music cuz it's got too many dirty words in it. But there's a crypto coin raptor. Rapper Like Singer. I know. Some of the stuff you can't make up. That tells me it's a little bit silly. Now, that doesn't mean you can't make money in a little bit silly. We are a nation that has embraced a little bit silly. We've invested in things like Pokemon cards, baseball cards. You hear the story every now and then about some guy's mother dies and he goes home and gets in the attic and he finds like a Pete Rose original worth $92,000. A rookie card that's in perfect condition. Uh, you know how many mothers have thrown away awesome investments? Comic books that you know the kid read when he was a kid. It went up in the attic or it went down in the basement. Some of it goes to crap because it molds, but some of it stays pretty relevant. So, comic books and trading cards. And what other dumb things have we invested in? Pokemon cards and... Well, Beanie oh Babies. Gosh, yeah. Remember Beanie Babies? That wasn't that long ago. There, you had had to go on Beanie Baby to get your kid a, a. He had to have a Beanie Baby for Christmas, and you would go on eBay, and you're like, "Wait, this costs nine nineteen dollars in retail, and it's selling for two thousand dollars." I guess if you can get people to pay it, you know. Um, but that again, it, it kind of reminds me of how stupid we could be. So be cautious. I'm not trying to make you feel bad when I say be cautious. History has shown that when someone takes the blame for a government shutdown, it doesn't translate into election losses. Washington is in a tizzy trying to figure out which parties to blame on a regular basis, which parties to blame about higher debt, which party to blame about government shutdown, which party to blame about um, rising gun violence. Republicans say if you own a gun, it cuts down on violence because, well, someone's afraid of you. Might be you, they might pick a fight with the wrong person. Democrats say the hands, the gun might get into the wrong hands. Gun theft in the United States is a big, big problem. But the political parties blaming each other also a pretty big problem. Have you ever played with WhatsApp? WhatsApp is one of those apps that Facebook acquired. And when they did it, it was kind of crazy because WhatsApp had very, very few employees, and they acquired them for $19 billion. One of the nice things about WhatsApp and messaging, messaging is going to be a big story in 2018, as companies are trying to get you to see their business model without necessarily opening their business model. And WhatsApp was pretty infectious. Um, You didn't necessarily have to miss a call anymore, and it was on your phone. So, um, but $19 billion Facebook throughout one of the original founders sold 2.3 billion in Facebook stock as WhatsApp hit 1.3 billion users. Can you imagine coming up with an app, a communication app and it's worth $19 billion and you have 20 employees? Not too shabby. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Life is a funny thing. In my teenage years, I was trying to become, I don't know, smart, insightful. I kind of was trying to figure out where my life was going to go, right? And then in my 20s, I saw my dad die. It was tragic. He died way too early. 58 years old. Something that comes back to haunt me later when I have kids and I want to get life insurance. They're like, When did your dad die? I'm like, 58. What did he die of? Cancer. I'm like, S- They go, Strike one. So, and they're like, My insurance guy goes, You need to lose a little weight because you can't afford a strike two and still get a good affordable health and a life insurance. So, in my 20s, my dad dying really affected me. One of the things I did was I was like, I want to be successful. I was already well on my path on that. I wasn't there yet, but my dad never saw me become wildly successful. He would have been very proud. So that starts forming in my head. Like, I do want to be around when my kids can see me wildly successful, because it's sad that my dad didn't ever get to enjoy that. You know, he got to meet a couple girlfriends of mine in my teenage years, and he liked them, and he was like, she's a good girl. Good job, Rob, kind of thing. So for me, focusing in my 20s on my dad dying, it really didn't dawn on me what that meant until my 30s. And in my 30s, I'm like, I'm working harder. I'm working harder. I'm making more money. I've got real estate. I've got investments. My 401k is doing great. In my 40s, I go to get life insurance. And that's when the life insurance guy goes, "Ooh, I can get you a 20-year term, but you need to lose a little weight and tell me that story about your dad again. Oh, he died early. That's not good. You don't have longevity on one side. On the other side, you have a mom who's had a couple strokes who's 80 plus. Fine. That's fine. We'll insure you till 60. We're not going to insure you till 80 plus because we know that you know, that's your longevity in your family. It's not great. So one of the big things in my head has always been to I want to retire. And it didn't really dawn on me until my 40s that I don't want to retire when I'm 60 or 70. I kind of want to take the foot off the gas now. You know, Kids grow up fast. You can only miss so many events. And because I do this stupid radio show, and I say that with love and peace and love and peace and love, um, I don't get to wake up with them. I'm driving in the cold, darkness of, of the Bay Area. Sometimes on rainy days, I'm like, I wonder what my kids eat for breakfast. Most people retire in their 60s. I kind of want to take my foot off the gas in the 50s. I, maybe I retire in my 60s, but that's my idea. So one of the things that I have to do is I have to address the future today. How much am I going to use in retirement? How much cash? How much saving? How much? Uh, what's my budget going to be? Where am I going to live? How, how, how am I going to increase my income? Because every year I increase my income, I kind of get used to it, right? I increase my savings just as much. Planning for early retirement motivates people. And I, I'm planning for take my foot off the gas in the 50s. Circumstances may require that you retire early. My brother, Clint, he grew up uh, kind of as a hippie. He's significantly older than me. My parents had kids over a 25-year period. And I'm the youngest boy. My sister's the youngest of the family. Five boys one girl. Ooh, five straight boys. Somebody hated my mother up there. Um, So not everybody retires when they want to. My brother, Clint, worked in saudi arabia in his 20s and 30s and 40s he's got great math skills and great computing skills and he was able to help find oil discoveries under the ground problem is 9-11 happened and they started cutting off american heads in the middle east and his company didn't want to have him there anymore so they let him go and um it's unfortunate because he loved that part of the world he comes back to the United States as a 50-year-old man, and they're like, we don't want to hire you. You're old. We want to hire young people. Old people cost too much to insure on health care. Old people, we want young people. We want a vibrant culture. We don't want an old culture. Something that in your 50s you should start doing as you're heading towards retirement is know that you may get age discrimination. You may not be able to work until 65. You may be cut out of the workforce at 58. What are your last few years going to look like? Have you saved enough? I think you want to start improving your, your relationships start being more social start fixing some of the family members because you're going to you're going to need this network of people down the road they may be taking you to hospitals they may be taking you uh, like you got to be social you got to have some friends you got to have some family as you tra- as you age start traveling because when you're you're 50 and 60 you can still do it but when you hit 70 and 80 it's not as enjoyable travel is best when it's unrestricted by time absolutely early retirement allows for extended travel it's difficult to schedule when you're a full-time father or a full-time worker or a full-time partner. It's difficult to pull off when you're 75 years old and your hips don't move like they used to. Woo! my hips don't lie. And I, I think as you're heading towards retirement, it's important to start thinking about your health. So now is the time to get the weight off so that you don't end up looking like you have to wear a muumuu. The muumuu is not a good look on a man. The muumuu is not a good look on a woman. <laughs> Start lowering your consumption and your spending, especially if you haven't saved enough. And even if you fail to retire early or take your foot off the gas, you probably saved a little bit more in the process, pursuing it. And that's a good thing, not a bad thing. You can find me online. Just know that your 20s will paint your 50s and 60s. Your 30s will paint your latter years. Your 40s will decide if you get your foot off the gas before you have a heart attack. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial.